Welcome to Seahawk Fan Talk after a 24 to 3 win against the New York, I mean the New Jersey Giants on Monday Night Football. Uh, what a win, Doc! How are we feeling? Feeling good, feeling good. A great win. I was I was worried uh, as I am before every game, and so it was uh, very nice uh, to to see this blowout. I guess we can just jump right in because that was not what I was expecting from that game. And I, I even text you, I think through the, after the first quarter, of course, watching it yes. separate separately for the first time this year, watching the game separate. I was in Austin, yeah. Texas. Um, and you were, you were in DC. Where did you end up watching it? At Midlands beer garden. One of our favorite okay. uh, spots in DC. Shout out. Absolutely. Shout out Midlands and um, what was uh, was Devin working? Devin was not. He was supposedly oh. going to stop by, but I bet he changed his mind. Uh, oh, okay. Soon. Well, we'll have to give him some shit about that. <laughs> not Definitely. showing up. Definitely. Um, maybe he knew what was coming. I don't know. Um, maybe he did, like- and he didn't want to be around some Seahawks fans. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'll have to make sure to show up when he's working next, and. Uh harass him a little bit yeah uh, so okay. this was a this was a fun game watch i felt like we had a more active text thread than usual and you i don't know if you remember but I, our good friend wendy and in seattle kind of called us out that uh sounds like maybe she feels and maybe some other f- uh, folks feel who listen to the podcast so far feel like it's a little too vanilla we don't we don't disagree enough uh so yeah i don't it, we, we should we should we should uh, maybe share about some things that, that we disagree about <laughs> on this episode. Maybe Wendy needs to come on. Uh, shout out to Wendy as well. Maybe maybe yeah. she needs to bring the fire and the hot takes. Um, you know, Positive J and the Commander weren't weren't yeah. super fiery either. They're pretty level headed, especially this early Great. in the season when we're feeling pretty positive about things. Um, yes, it hasn't gone too controversial yet. Well, yep. this might be a good segue to the to the triple D segment. Doc diagnoses the defense, but uh, the 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 text that I was really getting under your skin, I'm sure, was was giving you crap about your your odd love of Jalen Carter <laughs> and how how much you just you badly wanted that pick at number five. And I think it's just. To me, it's funny because you get really, really invested in in players. You get really invested in players. That I think that is one difference between you and I. Mm. You know, you you love Gino, you love DK. I see you get I see you getting a little uncomfortable when you when you hear criticism by the, of those players. And I think that's funny. And and honestly, those texts about Jalen. And Devin Witherspoon, to me, honestly, was just all in jest because mm-hmm. it's too early. That that's that's my big my big uh, probably continued point to make uh, for us is it's it's too early. And I sw- four weeks from now, Devin Witherspoon might be might look like the biggest bust we've ever made. And Jalen Carter might continue to ball out and and actually get more sacks than Witherspoon because currently he doesn't have as many sacks as, as Devin Witherspoon. 
but but anyway that that's that's the the point well we don't disagree yet again we don't disagree i mean no, it's, it's, no. it's what, way too soon and and honestly yes. the stats i mean everyone was racking up the stats on the defense this last game i mean absolutely yes you, you kind of have to throw that out we, we played a jv team let's let's be real yeah you know that's been the interesting let's say um debate there hasn't been much debate since that game but i think there's one one point that's been debated is is seattle good or is the giants just terrible <laughs> and, right. and so i think there's points to make either way but i think a point that i want to make i'm going to drop some psychological knowledge tonight and <laughs> and uh it i was i was it made i was i thought about this construct in listening to brock and sock and i don't know if we've ever given it up to brock and sock but i i really appreciate those guys i've listened to many hours of their show listening to them now when we're trying to do this makes me feel like we suck <laughs> at doing this because those guys are so amazing really professional hilarious and everything so uh, so i definitely look up to their to their uh, podcast and and take away a lot every every week so uh mike sock talked about let's not be prisoners of the moment and I love that. I love that. I think that's going to be a recurring theme for us. The the psychological construct or theory that is associated with that, or is that the parallel to that is called recency bias. And if you may not be familiar with recency bias, but it's the tendency to overemphasize the importance of recent experiences or the latest information uh, to estimate future events. And I swear that this might be the worst tendency of sports fans. <laughs> and, um, and in particular, I think it's very easy to get pulled into to recency bias, to become prisoners of the moment. Um, I think we, in, in my personal connection to, to football, I think I've, it's been a good lesson in impermanence. Uh, let's get spiritual too. <laughs> that that you know we always get ourselves in trouble when we grasp and when we think that uh, something is going to be permanent. So let's 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 embrace that uh, for for the moment. And anyway, so let me you know we can we can segue then into Doc's diagnosis of the defense. And so it is on the same same thread. You know, I I what do I take away about the defense from this? Honestly, I don't want to be too negative and and, and pessimistic. Obviously, there's so many, so many things to praise. So many, you know, it, it looked really good. Am I sure that this defense is going to look the same when we play the top tier of teams, uh, or even the mid tier of teams? Uh, I, I know we, a lot of folks are talking about you. I know you texted out this week that our win against Detroit looks good. It, it's looking better and better. So. Um, there is that, but I just have this lingering concern that that you know these really good defensive performances is not actually the accurate um, level of this defense. I, I think even in the game, we saw them at times driving it down the field on our defense mm -hmm. and. That's a little disturbing. I know it's probably way more complicated once 
you know, if that happened after we had the lead, we might have been going going into prevent defense. But but hey, some of those plays looked exactly like <laughs> you know what we see from the 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 weakness of this defense uh, so far this season. So so that's you know again like when we, when we're talking about two weeks in a row with Andy Dalton and. Danny Penny's it's 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 concerning it's it's hard to have an accurate assessment of the team so that's that's my takeaway defensive wise I think it's going to be pretty obvious to folks who I'm going to um you know to pass along the the honorary master's degree they successfully defended their thesis in this game and of course that's Evan Witherspoon there was a lot of there was a lot of good performances this week who did you think oh, you thought it was gonna be someone else oh who else could it be oh my goodness yeah well no everyone's there, mayor yeah after after a whole lecture about not being a prisoner of the moment and recency bias and here's someone who hasn't even played the entire year he started out the season hurt uh has one good performance oh yes you but know, an incredible yeah. pick six the thesis uh, is the thesis. And the even like even last week, we said he hadn't earned it yet. He hadn't earned it yet. He hadn't so. earned it last week, but this performance, he earned it. And again, the thesis is not is not a prediction of how he's going to play for the rest of the season. The thesis gets awarded to the performance of the previous game. So, so we'll see if this well, is here. here maybe, maybe we can't. Maybe this is an opportunity for us to disagree. So this is this is for Wendy. Richard, you have over and over again been very, very negative for Bobby, and I think you owe Bobby mm, and all I almost. fans an apology. Bobby had <laughs> 17 tackles. He had two yeah. sacks, so the idea that these are empty stats, that he just, you know, is in the right place at the right time when runners, you know, break through our weak defensive line and just run right into his arms. That's not true. He was He was all over the field Monday night in New York. I considered, I considered. So he gets an honorary mention and we can talk about this, you know, on, on another episode. I don't, we don't disagree about this. Like we don't disagree about 99% of things. <laughs> I I am aware that he has still has two legs that he can run. He has played so long. He has great instincts. A lot of times if the play is slow enough to develop, he's going to be at the right place at the right time. There's no disagreement about that. The, the concern is like, we we're just talking about when we play a team that can actually exploit the weakness that we know he has, we, mm -hmm. we got rid of him because he has this weakness. He's not as fast as he used to be, but we need him as a middle linebacker to be fast enough to, to, to guard fast running backs, fast tight ends, receivers etc so, so this, so we'll is, this is this is i agree he's not good when he's backpedaling and trying to cover really good tight ends when when the quarterback is sitting in the pocket when we're getting zero pressure up front but yes. that's clearly not how the seahawks want to play defense we should talk about the philosophy oh. here and even even though adams immediately got concussed it's yeah. still we saw something we saw Absolutely. what this defense and all of these players that they have been drafting, the reason why they drafted Witherspoon yes. instead of Jalen Carter was because they want to be going downhill. They yeah. want to be blitzing from everywhere. They want to be confusing. They want to have everybody yeah. on the on the on the offensive on the defensive line. And it can be Bobby, it can be Adams, it can be Witherspoon from the corner. Um, and actually, when Adams went out, you know, that's some of the reason why Witherspoon ended up being in all those. Lot. You know, he never would have gotten that pick six if, if Adams was right. in the game because he 
would be chasing after corners. Yeah, um, yeah. But he not, would be, he would have been playing the other corner. Yeah, right. He he, but instead, he was sitting in the nickel, and and yeah, it, and that just came right to him. So okay, and and he's fast, yeah. so you ran the thing. So yeah, so we, we get yeah. I I'm I'm excited. We we got a glimpse of what the hope is for the for the defense with Adams in there. Right. I yes. So so we'll see how that 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 and running out. downhill and and I you know my fear is that that's how you beat you know mid or bad quarterbacks yeah. uh, when you see a really good quarterback who who can read those pressures and can understand yeah. what's happening and doesn't get rattled because Dan, Daniel Dimes clearly got got rattled and was right <laughs> yeah. I mean and, and and they didn't have their running back and you know mm -hmm. uh, right so and they was, don't have a lot of talent in their in those otherwise in right uh, player position. So I, I'm the only person I'm thinking about right now is Brock Purdy and all the all the players he has around him. He, Where he can he just have to hold it for yeah, two seconds. Like, yeah. yeah. So it doesn't matter if yeah. we're going downhill. We you know we might touch him, but no, we really, really uh, you know this has to be very, very aggressive, and we have to get there immediately to really get him off his spot. But and we I can think we should while we're talking about the defense, we should, you know, mention um, Jordan Brooks, who we've been worried about. And it definitely seems like things have slowed down for him and he's yeah. you know, making the right reads and making good tackles. And it's kind of, you know, the, the perfect sidekick to Bobby. I'm, I'm really glad he's not making play calls anymore. And is just, you know, doing his job. Yeah. Um, he seems to be a workhorse now. And then Julian Love had a really good game as well with, with 10 tackles himself. So, yeah. Yeah, a lot of good performances across the board on the defense. So, uh, so you know, hopefully this bye week is going to get good folks rested and healed up. I, I, I was really bummed for Adams. It, it was interesting. I was curious what we're going to see from him. And, and yeah, we felt his presence in the mm -hmm. five plays that he was out there. Uh, so just so unfortunate. But, but Brock and Zock were talking about this, um, about can he actually stay healthy not because he's you know fragile but because he hits too hard he actually yeah. like overruns his and ju he just lays the hammer and doesn't know how to just kind of maintain like just make a routine yeah. tackle <laughs> and said he's like laying the hammer on every single play yeah well that that was not a good form tackle on it <laughs> and, and in fact that 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 technique is actually to blow someone up and, and unfortunately it was the his helmet hit the knee and it's just the worst um kind of uh, uh you know unlucky in that but you go that low you're you're kind of you're, you're actually trying to blow up here up so yeah he doesn't yeah, that's how he hurt his shoulder too i forget when yeah. that was now over yeah. a year ago but that's how he hurt his shoulder yeah. too just ram ramming people instead of just making a form tackle Absolutely. so very concerning and um yeah and i also think you know the hype you know you know me i want to zig when everyone zags so you know everyone was so hyped about adams coming back and talking about it and i was ready for oh. you know it to be either a complete bust or for it to be a, you know for him to actually dominate and then everyone you know yeah needing to calm everyone down um and you know that's really unfortunate what happened but it's not exactly surprising Oh, I, I was with you. I had really low expectations. I have very low expectations. So I was pleasantly surprised uh, just, you know, in the few plays that he was in to see to see his speed, his aggression, his physicality. That, that was pretty impressive. And it's just, and, yeah. And it, it's, it's really obvious that we're not going to use him as a true safety. Um, yeah. That's just that's just not. And, and that's the same with Bobby. Like, we don't want either right. of those guys, those very big 
backfielders yeah. in in coverage. That's just not where they're strongest at. We want to be going downhill. So I think the philosophy makes sense. And if if they can stay healthy, there it's gonna be it's gonna be fun at least. Um, you know, I don't think against yeah. the good quarterbacks, I don't think they're a top tier defense, but I think they're gonna have some there's gonna be some fun games. Yeah, definitely. All right. Should we take a break from football and talk a little bit about, uh, you know, our DC outpost and, you know, our, our, our lives here as these, as Seattle transplants living in DC. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so I figured we would talk today about our tattoos since we realized that you and I both have Seattle tattoos on our bodies and, we well, we're gonna so we're gonna bro have... out today, huh? Is that is that what we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's uh let's explain our tattoos. The two cis head guys who started podcasts <laughs> and are talking about their tattoos. <laughs> yeah, and um and uh, well, in that case, I'll start because I have the broiest of all tattoos on my shoulder. I have uh okay. the logo of the Seattle Supersonics, you know, and and not the most recent logo, the 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 logo from the early two thousands with the with a space needle and um that uh i got right as right after the the um supersonics were stolen from our city so the sonics are obviously a, a huge part of my childhood and um and i miss them every day and i think about it every time i look in the in the mirror and i get a lot of compliments from old nice. nba heads uh when i'm out nice. and about so yeah i love it you want to talk about your uh your seattle uh tattoo Sure. Yeah. And it's, it's cool. It's something that we have in common because I think, you know, we both have, you know, we both have um, ink that represents things that we appreciate in DC, our new home. And of course, things that we appreciate and miss or are cherished uh, from, from our original home back, back in uh, Washington state. So yeah, I'll talk about one of mine because it's similar to your tattoo. I also have a space needle on, <laughs> on my, uh, upper right arm and I got that again as as uh, something iconic to Seattle I really enjoy our primetime games because we always get the ubiquitous shots of the space needle of the fish throwing at the pike place I I, I know that's getting old for some people but I I Never. love it I love I love those scenes um but but the little wrinkle with the with my space needle tattoo is, of course, it's white in real life. So yeah, that's not really a, a viable thing for for a tattoo. So I worked with my artist and was thinking about colors for for the the um, structure of the space needle, and I asked her to fill some of it in with action green, uh, not too much. Not not as much as our you know Thursday night uniforms, but <laughs> just sort of a, as an accent, uh, as well as uh, the old royal blue, actual uh, actually from our older jerseys, and um, yeah, and actually some purple as a as an homage to the UW Huskies, even though I didn't go there growing up in the Seattle Tacoma area, you're, you're definitely a, a Huskies fan. So yeah, shout out to the Huskies. They're also having a great season this, mm -hmm. this year. So um, yeah, that's been fun to follow. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking too, that there's so many similarities between and so much overlap and odd connections between 
DC and Seattle, um, both being Washington, obviously. And of course we have, you know, Mount Rainier, which is a name of a town in, in Maryland. And, you know, in my town that I, that I work for in Maryland, we have a, a, a little cafe, a little coffee shop um, called Olympia Cafe. Um, cool. And, you know, Tacoma, talk about Tacoma. Um, yeah. A city in, in Washington state and also a, a neighborhood and in, in town in, in Maryland. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of connections. And then of course, you know, there's a huge Seattle community here in, here in DC and, uh, you know, we're both part of that, but then, you know, the Washington state society should get a shout out and going to potlatch every year. And what we really need to bring it all together is a, is a true Seattle sports bar. And I really think you and I I should open it. And we should just yeah. make, make make this official. So maybe that maybe that's and then, and then we can record our podcast from from the back room or from oh, absolutely. the studio of our bar. How about that? <laughs> That'd be awesome. I love it. I love that idea. Um, All right. Okay, so, so back to football. Yeah. Moving on to the mayor's strategic plan for the offense. Yeah, thanks. I I don't have much to report on today because our offense didn't really need to play. Um, our defense outscored their offense, and so I, f- I feel like we were just kind of babysitting the ball. And I was a little concerned because I didn't feel like we really put together that many good drives. There was quite a few missed throws by Geno, and I feel like we did just enough um, to win the game and weren't really trying to blow them out or weren't trying to put up a lot of points, um, w- which meant we ran the ball more than we have been. It was a pretty even split between run and, run and throw, which isn't typical for, yeah. for a Geno-led team. And then also I was very concerned when, when Geno went out of the game for a little bit there. Um, though I thought, you know, we've been pleasantly surprised by, by Drew Locke. And yet again, I felt a pleasantly surprised um, by his – his drive there in the yeah he had a touchdown drive that was awesome he was a little shaky the first couple throws was was a little was a little shaky but that's understandable backup quarterback coming into a prime time game and there's got to be some butterflies there yeah i enjoyed all the memes of him rapping on the sidelines and um you mean back in the day or (laughs) no back in the day oh i was gonna say did those pop up again They pop up every time any Drew Lock comes on the field. <laughs> that That's same funny. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm guilty of being one of the ones sharing out that meme a lot. Yeah. So um, and, yeah, right, real yeah. Quick, and, and real quick, I mean, Gino yeah. threw 13 of 20 um, for 110 yards and, and one touchdown, which was off the turnover. And yet again, the defense having five turnovers, if you include turnovers on fourth down, and uh, fumble recovery that led to a touchdown there to DK. Um, DK had three catches for 34 yards and one touchdown, so not that much work for for DK last uh, last night. Um, Tyler Lockett with four catches for 54 yards. Noah Fant leading all receivers with 63 yards um, on two targets. Well, so, he had that long that long yeah. uh, pass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Drew. Who knew we needed Drew Lock for the deep ball? Um, yeah. 
Well, yeah. he turned it into, it wasn't a heel, hugely long pass, but you know, it was down the sideline. Um, right, so right. Picked up a lot. Yeah, sort of, sort of like defense broke down or something. And kind of tiptoed down the line there. Um, and he almost got in the end zone. Oh, that would have been fine because uh, K9 was able to punch it in right after that. So, right. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think I have a key to give out to anyone on this offense. Uh, no one had much work. Um, and I don't think anyone earned it. So unlike you, it's just going to give out theses to rookies. I'm not, I'm not doing that. What I am going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to talk about the turnover ratio. Um, cause we have been incredible at not turning the ball over yet again, offense did not turn the ball over this game. Yeah. And that is with a lot of our starters on the offensive line being out. So I want to give a key to the city, to the, to the Seattle fandom, to um, Andy Dickerson, our Oh, my gosh. Coordinator. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I wasn't going to let you get away with not uh, handing out a, a, a key to the a key to the city this this week because yes, not a, I didn't think a player deserved it, but yeah, go for yeah, it. Yeah, maybe and, maybe the entire offensive line can get it. I mean, these guys have yeah. come off the street and have worked themselves into shape and have are have been doing incredible. I mean, I feel like Gino and, and even having a backup quarterback in for part of this game and really not didn't notice any issues. Not yeah. really any issues. Um, so, so I think the entire off- offensive line has done an incredible job uh, getting them ready. Um, so really, really. But Andy Dickerson, yes, the offensive Andy line Dickerson. coach absolutely deserves a lot of credit. I mean, it's ridiculous. I, I didn't know how vaunted the Giants defensive line was. I, I heard Brock say this morning he thinks it's the best <laughs> defensive front in the league. I mean, I, I think those down linemen is what he's talking about. But mm-hmm. so, yeah, you know, there was some there was some obviously some um, some broken broken uh, blocks and, and stuff, which you're going to expect from the that the, the line was completely second string and even more than that our starting center had to play guard and our rookie came in to play center that that is ridiculous that, that we were able to even function yeah. in, in that situation and and so i and yeah, I, I was of your repeated city to andy. yeah absolutely andy dickerson's doing an incredible job getting those guys coached up and ready to play and i didn't realize that he had been he's been around a little bit he he actually was with the jets so there's another former jet that's somehow doing oh, a good job on, this, on, yeah. on the seahawks um he was with the browns and then of course we got him from the rams so only in his second year and he's kind of been you know he's kind of been around well maybe it's his second year as offensive line coordinator and he, originally he was the run court run yeah yeah this might be yeah He's been in some lower tier coaching positions. Yeah. Businesses. yeah. So, uh, so one one correction earlier. Uh, <laughs> your your comment that these these offensive linemen are off the street. Uh, let's we can be really hard on Schneider and Carroll a term, uh, uh, around their player their personnel decisions. They drafted these guys, actually. So we have to give some credit to to their drafting. These 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 were draft picks, and they they've been some of them have been developed over the past uh, couple of seasons. Uh, that that center very excited about because you know they thought he might start yeah. over Evan Brown this this season. But mm-hmm. it's great that he got some game time. 
um, already mm-hmm. in the season. So, and we were definitely been worried about center in the previous year. So that's really excited yes. that we actually have two players at, that can play that position and yes. at, at, at eye level. Um, that's no, that, that's really exciting. And I think, t- you know, back to the point turnovers mm-hmm. are manufactured by offensive and defensive lines and, and mm-hmm. how your offensive and defensive lines do depends on, will result in turnovers maybe not every game it's not going to be consistent but it does result in turnovers and the fact that we you know gino hasn't fumbled once remember when gino first came we were you know first started taking over for us we were very worried about his 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 turnover capabilities you know we knew we we knew he has a beautiful arm we know he can throw it we know that but we were super worried about it you know the fumbling and and the picks fumbling yes Um, no fumbling at all this year. He hasn't fumbled once. No, because those fumbles happen from bad sacks. So that supports your point. He, he, you know, it's it's when he gets absolutely demolished from his blind side. So he right. hasn't had that, and it's just the ball just pops or out. Or when he's trying to escape out of a pocket because the pocket is true. That's and true. Stuff, and he yeah. starts running, you know, and he yeah. hasn't really had to run that much either. He's kind of no. sitting in a clean pocket and yeah, and and able to get it off get get it off clean passes. So. Yeah. Uh, big shout out to the offensive line for sure. Definitely. All right. Well, that was fun, Mayor. Do you want to you want to take us out? Any last thoughts or? I just want to say I already said it earlier, but I'll say it again, uh, and I'll say it until the day that the uh, Supersonics return to Seattle. It was uh, fifteen over fifteen years and three months ago that the Seattle Supersonics were stolen from our city. Completed the NBA. Bring back the Sonics. Here, here, Mayor. And I just want to say much love to the DC-12s and the Seahawks fans all around the globe. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.